up, what up, what up? Welcome to the Petty Herbalist Podcast. It's your girl, Karina. Chillin', vibin'. I'm in my blankie, sitting on my couch. And I'm at my house, and I am on the land of the Tongva people, a.k.a. Los Angeles, California. Mm, it's so good to, to be here with you, Karina. Um, this is Asia. I'm on the Cheyenne, Ute, and Arapaho territories, also known as Denver, Colorado. Um, I'm here, my living room with my sweet baby Jasper. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we are vibing this morning. Mm. Yeah, Jasper hasn't acted up acted up this morning so i'm i'm very impressed with her our other (laughs) co-hosts so happy to hear that and i would be even more happy to hear what's going on in that medicine bag yeah so my medicine bag well wow (laughs) um i'm preparing for my facilitation retreat my facilitator retreat um in march and um one of the things uh that i'm offering folks is a facilitation medicine bag Mm. and it's what are the medicines you need uh in order to to perform uh at your height and and land uh, have your communications land on the hearts and the minds of others. Mm. Um, and so I just got back from an event called Empower 24. And mm. it was a, a, a beautifully organized uh, event for, for uh, helping Black folks to be in conversation about their health and their wealth. Um, mm. And... I, I was experiencing a lot of dysregulation and mm. all sorts of things uh, of that nature. And I noticed that my my medicine bag was incomplete. Mm. Um, and so in reflecting on sort of the herbal allies that I needed to, you know, better ground me uh, sort of in spaces that have a lot of energy, um, it's been a really kind of rich exploration of how I do it and, and what I need. Mm. Um, and so right now, uh, what I'm, what I ate for breakfast was my, um, overnight oat straw oatmeal. Ooh. <laughs> mm, that sounds yummy. Um, yeah. I make breakfast for my little cousin uh every day and i it's my opportunity to nourish her as deep as possible the idea that um all we need is one solid nourishing meal a day and that that can transform our health so i've been you know understanding that she won't tolerate a lot of things i like to play around with but so it's been this like game of how to make her oats and and what i make for her in the morning as nourishing and palatable and you know she has to eat it and she has to want to eat it so 
um, oat straw is definitely in my medicine bag and my facilitation medicine bag is getting stronger and stronger, but I'll say one of the plants that are in there is dandelion. Mm. Um, that's the ally that I needed uh, kind of this weekend that I didn't have in my pocket. So uh, that's what I'll share. Thanks, Bay. What a, a deep, nourishing medicine bag that you got. You got a thick bag this time because you got you got a whole facilitation bag inside your medicine bag with your other <laughs> herbs so yes <laughs> we love to see it i learn a lot about life from you bay and i think that you're always in my medicine bag um and thinking about your experience at the conference and you understanding like what you need at the time and what you're missing um is just like a really important um I guess value for us being herbalists like utilizing discernment and you're like I feel dysregulated this is what I'm missing this is what I need like utilizing those three steps for life mm, I tell you will get you really far and so I'm just really grateful to hear about your experience and how you're moving forward um, through life in that or after going through that experience so thank you for always being my medicine bag Ooh. yeah I would say another thing in my medicine bag is prayer and manifestation um, you know Asia always tells me when I really get serious about what I want I'm gonna get it because <laughs> <laughs> I know how to ask for it and um so a lot of things, a lot of opportunities for me and my business have been just like being thrown at me, which is so cool. Yeah, I'm going to be able to. Oh, I forgot to tell you this. So you'll find out at the same time. I'm going to be doing my herbalism of spices class again. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I'm going to be doing it at this place. Um where I think I let y'all know last week that I was going to be there. It's this gift shop, community gift shop um, called Be Nice, Have Fun. It's in Highland Park, uh, I think Los Angeles, California, um, Los Angeles County, California. Um, and my good friends at Auntie Coffee, they have a pop up in there. And so I was helping out last week. And I got to talk to the owner and she's really trying to create create that space as not just a gift shop but as a community space mm -hmm. where people can have workshops and whatnot and so I was I kind of floated the idea of having my herbalism of spices course like maybe once a month or something mm -hmm. and so after looking at the calendar and also talking to Suni Suni was like I think it'd be cool for you to do like back-to-back -back classes um, in February because you know Black History Month and I was like I mean I can do it. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I have the the slides ready to go. Okay. And I already did it last year. So um, it would be actually really easy to do. And so she was like, all right, well, let's sign you up. And I was like, oh, <laughs> amen. <laughs> so I'm really excited about doing that next month. Um, and then there's another opportunity that's kind of pending. So we won't get into it yet. 
Um, but uh, for Petty Herbalists to come do a retreat, and hopefully I'm going to bring Asia with me. Okay. Because <laughs> period. Remember what we said about needing a strong arm? I'm telling <laughs> you, you have your real one right next to you. Like, you can, you know, take over the whole world. So, anyways, yeah, that's another thing in my medicine bag. And also me being outside is even though I don't like to walk but I made myself um one of my new practices is always walking to the grocery store which is a mile two and a mile back and I saw people throwing out their Christmas trees and I'm like wow there are a lot of good pine needles there (laughs) let me grab some of those and potentially make some things with it and I also saw that um the California pink pepper trees they're out there and getting some ripe um pink peppercorns and so yeah another thing in my medicine bag is plant identification but also like my relationship with plants so that such that I know that I can make medicine with this that and the next thing and um yeah it just it made me happy to be out there and go grab medicine when I was just on my way to go to the grocery store Mm. so yeah that was this week (laughs) it was also a thick ass medicine bag okay wow well shout out to you for the (laughs) growth of patty we love to hear it (laughs) um and I love oh I'm still sitting with the last herbalism of spice course of yours that I went to every time I see potpourri <laughs> oh yes. shout out to Janae who okay. made that connection yes so I just yeah you really facilitate such amazing containers for community to show up with their mm. knowledge alongside your knowledge I love the way you facilitate Mm. Um, so I'm so excited you're bringing that series to the people and also love your walking practice. (laughs) I can't stand you, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) she knows I hate walking. (laughs) You really do. And I love that you are (laughs) pushing past that resistance (laughs) and that there are little gifts. There are little, you know, rewards Mm. (laughs) for your for your, you know, being outdoors, for your engaging with place mm-hmm. and, and the way that humans have done, you know, through their feet. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm happy to hear that medicine bag. It, it feels really nourishing for me <laughs> that you were, mm-hmm. you were being nourished in this way. It's true. And it's cool to be able to see like the cycles um, of these different plants and trees and herbs and whatnot being outside like in all the seasons because I can because it's LA um, and I'm like ooh, okay I can't wait till June because you know the loquats are gonna be in season like oh I can see the little buds oh I can see the cute little leaves popping up and yeah just knowing where the different things are in the hood um, it's really cool it's really cool to engage in place, as you said, Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps you create better relationships or more relationships with plants. That's right. Um, yeah. So thank you. And what we <laughs> have for y'all today 
is we're going to continue in our Sex is Medicine series. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, I really loved our episode last week. And I love being able to hear my story, even though I told it. But it it caused me to... I just had so much compassion for myself. Mm-hmm. And I was rooting myself on. And I, I was happy to see that, Karina, you went from this cognitive dissonance to being able to be free and feel free and so I'm wondering even though I know I'm living in this but I'm wondering like what is Karina being free to do like now that you have this freedom like how are you going to use it and so yeah this episode is a great way for us to kind of dig into like now that we have our freedom like what do we do with it like what does sex mean for us, for ourselves, for our communities? And um, yeah, so let's press into it, Asia. So yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we truly getting into? What is what is the title of this week's episode? <laughs> mm. um, I think maybe reclaiming our indigenous sexualities. Mm. Um. I think that we are free to do so many things. We are free to create so many things, but as Africans, as West Africans, we are Sankofa people. Mm. And so we're going to go back and get it, mm-hmm. right? Our Afro-futuristic sexuality is deeply Afro-Indigenous. Mm. Um, and so in this communication and this Mm. conversation between us we're going to look at not only some of the indigenous sexualities of turtle island but also the indigenous sexualities of um west and central africans in the diaspora Mm. um so yeah let's uh let's get into it yeah let's get into it um Asia last year introduced me to this lovely, would she feel way about being called an elder? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but she is this lovely auntie um, who is named Kim Tallbear. Mm -hmm. Um, And Asia introduced me. You can do like a formal introduction, but I. I can just say that Asia introduced me to Auntie Ken last year um, because we were discussing polyamory and Asia's like, oh my gosh, you have to hear this podcast. Like you have to hear her perspective on polyamory because it's exactly like how we feel. It's giving us language to what we've already been doing. And so, yeah, Asia, can you get into a little bit more about Auntie Kim and um? Yeah, her view of sexuality and her view of how she defines kinship. Um, Dr. Talbert is an associate professor at the University of Alberta um, and has been doing so much powerful scholarship, not only on um, indigenous genetics, 
uh, but also Indigenous sexuality. She has a number of programs out there in Edmonton, um, like TP Confessionals, um, her sub stack be sub stacking. Okay. <laughs> um, and I got to be in in communication with Dr. Talbear. Um, for those of you who are part of the Bad Bitch Book Club, you mm. already know because we did a whole three months studying the work of Dr. Talbear. Mm. Um, so if you're not a bad bitch in the Bad Bitch Book Club, then you know, you're missing out. Um, you could become one too. Oh, you can become. One. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was important for us to not only understand the formation of sort of European colonial constructs of gender, but then mm-hmm. when we arrive right here in in Los Estados Unidos and Turtle Island, to understand the kinds of sexualities that were flourishing before the colonial project with its Mm. imposition of heterosexuality and a nuclear kind of household. And so Dr. Talbear and other indigenous scholars are really sort of reviving what sexuality was like before Christianity in the United States colonies. Mm. Um, And so, you know, the the big things that we want to pull from Dr. Talbear is um, this kincentricity, right? This model mm-hmm. of kincentricity, mm-hmm. right? The the model of making kin and not necessarily making babies, right? Right. The ways of dislocating our sexuality from the colonial family project in order to relocate ourselves in mm. good relating and in good relationship um, with the people around us. Dr. Talbear also speaks really powerfully um, to this, this idea of understanding intimacy beyond sexuality, mm. right? She uses this language of consensual intimacy, mm. um, which helps us to disrupt kind of settler sex and and family structure. And so this this idea that that sex is just one way of having intimacy and that in our culture, we have created sex as this supercharged, <laughs> like this super important, you know, <laughs> things like virginity, right? Oof, All this, this proclamate, right? Like... <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, Dr. Talbear helps to remind us that um, sex is just one tiny thing and it should never be the focus or loci, right? Mm. Yeah. And that there's other ways of, of being and relating. So, yeah, we love Dr. Talbear so much. Shout out to you, Auntie. You're the best. Mm-hmm. Thank Truly. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because Dr. Talbear also helped Karina and I locate the way that we relate. Do you want to Mm -hmm. share a little bit about what you've gotten from Dr. Talbear? Yeah, again, she just kind of gave us language for what we already do. It's like our relationship as best friends, like the best way I can describe Asia is my wife, you know? (laughs) Hello, I never correct people, (laughs) like, because that's my motherfucking wife, period. She comes before all of y'all, like... (laughs) we just have such an intimate relationship but with 
that word like spouse, wife, husband comes with the assumption that there's a sexual relationship Mm -hmm. and we don't have that, but uh, we have all the other forms of intimacy. And so Auntie Tallbear is like, it's possible to create kinship without sex and it's possible to have sexual relationships, be in kinship, but not necessarily be married, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And so she also utilizes the concept of polyamory, but in a more expansive way um, based on her philosophy um, or philosophy that has been um, taught through her, through her um, indigenous group um, about, yeah, ways in which we do kin- we do life, we create kinship together. I think it's interesting. I was on TikTok uh slash instagram not too long ago and there's this guy who (laughs) he made this tiktok clearly probably a younger millennial or older gen z person this guy he made a tiktok saying like can i just get he's like at this point i'm okay with just getting married to someone who we can just live together share resources um Perhaps we can do things together. It can definitely be non-sexual, but like I just I really need some sort of companionship to do this life right now. And it's like facts. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That is facts. Like we really need this right now. Like Mm. who convinced us that we are supposed to live on our own and do all this really difficult labor in order to maintain a household like people were not doing this by themselves but also like the relationship of like having of being married doesn't necessarily work for us either there are so many divorces taking place right now because people they want to live together but marriage doesn't work for them Mm -hmm. and so I think it's just been really expansive to see the ways in which Um, indigenous people have learned to live together in an intimate setting and not necessarily be or take on um, marriage or uh, monogamous marriage. Mm. Yeah, speaking of indigenous non-monogamy, I want to sort of take our energies to West African peoples. Um, And in particular, like one of the most powerful and influential (laughs) Black feminist seeds, I guess, that I was given um, studying feminism in university was uh, this really beautiful ethnographic work of Afro Surinamese um, women and their practice of what's called the Mati work. Mm. Um, so Afro Surinamese women, uh, these were folks who were um, trafficked <laughs> from West mm. Africa and forced to work on sugar plantations in Latin America, um, who then escaped sort of those plantations and created sort of maroon settlements where they mm. designed the way that they chose to relate. And so these women, these black women, right, these diasporic women, um, chose to take on families and marriages but it was known that they also did the mati work right the women also slept with each other formed strong female bonds Mm -hmm. um and what i loved about learning about 
sort of the Mati work was that it was not in any way, shape, or form in conflict with what it meant to participate in traditional gender roles, mm. right? It was an expansion. It was, no, mm. you could have a family and have a wife. <laughs> mm. I mean, right? yes. you can, you can, <laughs> and there's no conflict there. Um, and so that mm. kind of visage has always inspired me. Um, Nettie Akotafor had some beautiful sort of imaginations of what sexuality is like in her book, Who Fears Death. Mm. Um, in that book, she described sort of the the red like sand people and, and how, mm. you know, when visitors would come, they would be able to choose from a selection of beautiful women. A lot of our um, sort of African and Afrofuturist sort of writings are also helping to expand imagination about sort of the decoupling of uh, kinship and sexuality and the different uses of sexuality as building kinship in the mm. way that Dr. Talbert kind of articulates. Um, and, you know, what what Karina and I invite sort of as non-monogamous people who will also choose to get married if so we please right mm -hmm, um is that like there is a lot of imagination available for us to craft the kinds of relationships and the kinds of sexualities um, mm -hmm. that we are interested in pursuing and so we you know really wanted to share some of our sort of deeper influences and I would be amiss if we also didn't talk about our auntie, so Bonfu Somay, mm. who centers uh, <laughs> relationships and relating for the da the Dagara people of northern Ghana, uh, mm. Burkina Faso, in West Africa, uh, and the way that they do family, mm. which um, was very much the way that I was raised here in the United States, um, which was that women live together women work together women raise children as a mm -hmm. unit right and children are allowed to choose which households they want to have dinner at tonight they mm -hmm. are allowed to move around in such beloved safety because sometimes in our cultures when the patriarchy shows up like a parasite men become mm -hmm. a danger to family units mm -hmm. right and so in some some instances, the men must be removed yeah. for a generation or two, right? So that the kids can grow up without specific kinds of trauma. And that's how it worked sort of in my family. Yeah. <laughs> and the men were removed. They were removed by the um, prison industrial complex. They were removed mm -hmm. by white supremacy and other things. But what that allowed for was this this flourishing of this this really deep matriarchal sort of way of bringing up children in community yeah how's that landing for you good i was just thinking about how inclusive like even though the men in quotations were excluded it created inclusivity for queerness also because mm -hmm. You might not have had your cis hetero men, but you sure had gay men being the best uncles <laughs> it's, it's for very, the children. It's very true. I was raised this way. Like <laughs> I had all my gay uncles, all the drag queens. Okay. 
And so it was inclusive, right? Because the matriarchy is inclusive, right? It's, it truly is. And I think like, importantly, though, it's just like, you know, as a Black woman and coming from Black culture, like we already always do chosen family, Mm. right? And so I see my queer siblings (laughs) uh, and they're, you know, they're talking about their chosen family and it's really cute um because mm-hmm. for them it's an option mm-hmm. <laughs> but for us it's just what we did mm-hmm. um we already have powerful models of kinship in black community i think black women already always do the mati work right mm-hmm. um and it's just this really beautiful way to look at our own cultural reservoir and thinking about the color purple mm-hmm. um <laughs> as my sort of introduction to to black feminism mm-hmm. um and also my introduction to like what it means for women to love each other in all the ways mm-hmm. right and that movie the Whoopi Goldberg one the old one <laughs> <laughs> no shade no shade but it was a classic mm-hmm. uh, it it also kind of shapes imagination towards like the kind of futures that like we can create together outside of like heteronormativity mm-hmm. um but also outside of you know the lens of queer culture as well which is white supremacist in a lot of different ways yeah Um, Mm. And so finding that authentic Black expression of non-monogamy, that authentic Afro-Indigenous expression of expanded kinship networks, it's something that um, we navigate in our daily lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, also, we would be remiss not to mention, as uh, Dr. Kim or Auntie Kim (laughs) mentions, you know, we have lots of non-human kin as well that we can connect to, to be able to, like we mentioned, she gave us language to describe what we've already been experiencing and that we advocate for. And so I'm thinking when, when I think about consent, when I think about speaking up for your needs, advocating, I'm thinking about um, a dear plant friend called Mullen. Okay. <laughs> Mullen, the botanical name for all you girlies who care, and I'm one of the girlies who care, <laughs> is Verbascum thapsis. Because here's the tea. Once you know the botanical name, you can find it all over the world. Because they'd be having all the whatever names, like it might be called something else. But if you have the botanical name, you know you get in the tea. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, I know Asia always takes Mullen tincture before she does any sort of speaking or facilitation. But Asia also let me know that when she wants to connect to the throat chakra, she always takes. I'll let y'all I'll let you say, but I'm just saying what she told me (laughs) (laughs) when she wants to connect to the throat chakra. um. She'll take some mullen tincture to speak up, to be able to 
say it from your chest or say it from your breast. You know, that's what I say. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I feel like this non-human plant can also be coming through and um, helps me be able to communicate the relationships that I want to advocate for them. And um, yeah, I love that Mullen has become close kin to me. Yes, I love that, you know, we continue to spread the ministry of Mullen, you know, to, to transition this conversation into this specific plant ally. I want you to make the linkage between getting the kind of kinship and sexual relationships that you want requires a skillfulness in communication. Mm. right mm -hmm. like that's a prerequisite for non-monogamy but it's yeah. also a prerequisite for any relationship and so introducing one of our strongest communicating allies mullen mm -hmm. right which is not only sort of governing our lungs it's also governing our kidneys it's mm. also supporting our nose our ears and our throat honey <laughs> Mullen is also rich in iridoid compounds, which help deactivate some of the toxins that come from eating fried food. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mullen is a bad bitch. Okay. Yeah. And Mullen, ooh, Mullen as a root worker, right? The spiritual qualities, how Mullen supports us spiritually is like Karina said, it helps you to say it with your breast. Mm -hmm. and what I want to surface right is is even in my own sort of negotiations around sexuality um, as a part of <laughs> beginning those negotiations I give my breasts to my lovers mm. right I hand them to them on a platter right <laughs> I'm screaming because <laughs> Asia would <laughs> because to hand someone your breast is to hand someone your heart mm -hmm. right and to hand yeah. someone your heart is to hand someone your breath mm, come on okay <laughs> <laughs> so when we start to negotiate the kinds of of sexualities the kinds of relationships right, that we want, an ally like Mullen, right, helps us to give it up so that we can get everything, mm. right? And this comes from simple negotiations around resourcing and financing, mm. right? How do we share that, right? How do we, you know, negotiate getting supplemental care, um, care and care workers so that we can pursue our dreams and our passions so that mm. we're not only doing reproductive care work, right? Mm -hmm. Everything that you need to fulfill your sexuality, it's, it comes from your ability to communicate in a way that lands on the hearts and minds and ears of others as an opportunity, mm -hmm. right? And so we just want to introduce Mullen. Mullen is a part of my facilitation medicine bag, mm -hmm. okay? Um, but we want to kind of hand you the medicine of Mullen, right? so that you can clearly communicate the kind of Afro futures, the kind of eco futures, the kind of 
queer futures, the kind of eco sexuality. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we want the earth to support you in getting the things that you need. Mm-hmm. So that's why we wanted to share Mullen today in our conversations about sex as medicine. And, you know, some of <laughs> Mullen medicine is deep, y'all. So <laughs> we'll talk about some of the other aspects. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're talking about sex for a whole series, so, so it'll come up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm screaming. <laughs> but so, speaking yeah. of which. Speaking of which. Um, it would be a really great time to slip on in. <laughs> it's just tired of me. Um, it's our bougie auntie word of advice. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, let's let's get into our bougie auntie word of advice. I'm I'm curious what your word is. I feel like uh, <laughs> <laughs> I spoke a lot. You did, and you had a lot of rich shares. Um, and thank you always for being my teacher. I just been reflecting on that all week. Because Asia be doing her thug thizzle and it just be inspiring me. So thank you for just being you and doing what you do. Um, I think this week for my bougie auntie word of advice. Yeah, communication is so important. And I saw this um, quote on one of the social medias that said, if you think having the conversation is hard, wait till you see the effects of not having the conversation. And I said, that's the tea. Mm. All the resentment, all the drama, all the chisme that be taking place. Um, I'm thinking of a specific organization. We won't put them on blast, but I'm just so present to the lack of having the conversation, the lack of communication of needs, boundaries, difficulties, um, what kind of we've been saying, like communication that you need more affection and intimacy and um, appreciation, affirmation, that kind of thing. And I've just seen such a deterioration in the morale um, of the organization. And I just feel like it just hinders so much growth. And so I think a solution to that would be having the conversation, you know, but also creating a safe enough space to be able to have that conversation, Um, knowing when you need to bring in a facilitator or a moderator into the room to have these conversations, um, to have norms, to have, I don't know, like maybe we need to bring in the herbs, (laughs) like literally, maybe we need to be touching Molin while we're communicating our needs kind of thing create like have that soft thing to touch while you're talking um and so yeah I found that there's so many breakthroughs so many cool relationships that you can have if you decide to have the the conversation and communicate what your needs are and also affirm other people's needs even if you can't meet those needs yeah, I had one of those conversations this week and it was cool. Um, but uh yeah, so my bougie auntie word of advice for y'all this week is to 
have the conversation. I think sometimes the fear of having the conversation might be scarier than actually or the effects of the conversation. And so I want to invite y'all to press into those conversations if you can, if it feels good for you, or even just perhaps take on the concept as something that you can consider. That's what I have for y'all this week. Hey, thank <laughs> you, Karina. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm, having the conversation. Yeah, like you are so skilled at that. I think we really built that into our friendship culture. And then when you moved to California, it was like you had to embed that into your new friendship culture as well. And so it's like the capacity to have the conversation is actually a skill, some muscle. And it's something mm -hmm. that like you cultivate in the people around you. Mm. I love that. I I think, you know, my bougie auntie word of advice, you know, some of our herbs that we talked about in our Sacred Smoke series, mm -hmm. um, a lot of them were, uh, especially I'm thinking about sweetgrass mm. and how sweetgrass can help you to, um, you know, communicate in a good way. Right. Mm -hmm. A lot of the sacred smokes we had that we shared, a lot of them were to help people to communicate, to help mm -hmm. communication go easier. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so, you know, my bougie auntie word of advice um, is to look at sexuality not only as a ceremony, but the communications that precede sexuality as sacred mm -hmm. as well. Um, and to ceremonialize the hard conversations, knowing that tough conversations land on our bodies and our nervous system, like getting fired from work. Mm. Right. It's it's the reason why I have people have the conversation. It's frightening. Yeah. Right. To risk. Right. Losing your most sacred like relationships. Right. Mm. And so to ritualize the conversation with tea as a mm -hmm. ceremony or with smoke, okay, ooh, yeah. you could roll up some mullins so sweet, mm -hmm. okay, oh. mm. and have a sacred smoke session, right, which also helps you to inhale the wisdom of the ancestors mm -hmm. and exhale your truth. Yeah. Right. And wow. so my bougie auntie word of advice is to make a ceremony of communicating your needs. Mm. Um, and, you know, next session, we'll start to talk about uh, what else you need to prepare uh, for your uh, sex medicine. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> that was very cute. And just the uh, continuation of what I was saying. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I feel that. I feel that heavy. Um, thank you so much. And thank all of y'all so much for supporting us in all the ways. Um, for vibing with us on social media, for vibing with our websites, for you know, the girlies who have some money who get on Patreon and support us. Just a special shout out to y'all. If you want to support the production of the podcast. 
get on patreon.com slash petty herbalist and uh yeah this work the work for the patreon the product of the patreon is this podcast and you know we're gonna try to put it on youtube soon um i gotta build that into my schedule um and so that'll make it uh even more accessible to the folks out there and so y'all's support is paramount in that um and you know asia also has a patreon which hers has all the bells and whistles so if y'all want videos if y'all want recipes if y'all want early access to courses and all the other fun things y'all go ahead and go down to patreon.com slash bones bugs and botany and if you are not yet on asia's newsletter what are you even doing because we were talking about the bad bitch book club how are you gonna find out about it if you're not on her newsletter so <laughs> go on either bonesandbotany.com or go on her instagram link in bio and go ahead and uh, put your email in there to get on the newsletter um do you have any announcements for the girlies today Yes. Um, so the living facilitation retreat is live and in person in Colorado Springs. Uh, for those of you who have professional <laughs> development uh, credits or whatever, like mm -hmm. this is for you. This is for the grown folks. This is for working people. <laughs> I'm so mad at you. <laughs> but uh, if you want to be trained in facilitation, public speaking, um, organizing workshops, meetings, that kind of thing, um, from an earth-based lens, mm -hmm. um, grounded and rooted in earth-based practices, my partner, Adam Brock, and I uh, are hosting this beautiful sort of retreat at La Foray Conference and Event Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. So that's in March um mm -hmm. and get information and come come be in radical communication with me and my beloveds hey. mm -hmm. when is this march oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay just saying you know you know it's like march something i don't know it's great <laughs> okay we'll we'll have more deets in the show notes it sounds good well, yeah, come on down to the um, Herbalism of Spices class in February. We're going to have a whole series of courses. You can come take all of the courses, all of the four Thursdays. Um, I, there are five Thursdays in February this month because it's a leap year. Mm. Um, but so we're not going to do the first Thursday. We're going to do the rest of them. So I think the first one is going to be February 8th. And then the last one is going to be the 29th. So you can sign up for all four. You can sign up for one. Of course, it's going to be cheaper to do all four. Hello. Um, and we're going to not only learn about the spices, but you know I'm going to bring some treats. So, and you know I'm going to bring the chai. <laughs> and I know all the girlies want to try the chai. So come on down to Be Nice, Have Fun. It's in Highland Park again. If y'all live in LA, it's going to be like at 7 o'clock. Um, all the deets will be in the show notes. 
come through and see a bad bitch. Okay. Oh, and shit. so far, that's what I got. So, yes, Asia, please. What do we have left for the folks today? <laughs> <laughs> we want y'all to remember uh, to always stay ready. And be petty. Bye. Bye.